0: Hey, Sam. Hey, Teresa. What's up?
1: Not much, just wrapping up final season. And this is the first time in a long time where I feel like what I'm writing about and what I'm studying, I actually like care about. So it's been a less stressful final season than normal.
0: I don't know if I should be excited for you or, or upset that you're almost done with your third year at college and this is the yeah. first time you've written something that <laughs> you care about. That's a little concerning. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it takes everyone different amounts of time to find what they actually care about, so.
0: Right. You were quite lost before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel you, though. I'm taking this cinema and politics class this semester, and I wrote a paper in three hours, and it worked out. So what did we learn here? Nothing. I think Um, we're on
1: different ends of the spectrum here. (laughs)
0: um but anyway shout out me and Sam's um schoolwork (laughs) (laughs) Um, no
1: but you know what I love about like doing finals and all of that it's like that you need a playlist to get you through and at least for me I always spend like hours and hours like three to five hours putting together this playlist which gets me through finals um so I've just been listening to so much like dope new music um, and it actually ties into our interview today because she's been one of the artists who have been playing nonstop during finals. Uh, Teresa do you want to tell them who we're going to host today?
0: Yeah thank you for that smooth transition Sam. Yeah, <laughs> um, today we will be interviewing AG the DJ over a glass of orange soda.
1: Great let's get into it. So I chose orange soda today because it's one of those drinks that immediately makes me think of summer and of like carefree days. Um, I much prefer like Fanta orange soda to like orange cream soda. I've never really gotten the hype behind any cream sodas, but for like a good Fanta, a good, like any other brand, orange soda just represents like kind of, like, this, like, freeing feeling, um, but also, I was thinking about this, like, orange soda tastes nothing like oranges, like, I have had, like, real orange sodas, which taste a bit more like oranges, but if Fanta wasn't orange, like, I have no idea what flavor I would think it is.
0: I feel like a Fanta is still, like, pretty orangey, like, I wouldn't think it's, like, a blueberry flavor, (laughs) (laughs) like, I'm not that confused, it's not that far off um also fun fact is that my little it's not really fun at all my little sister like hates the smell of oranges like she is so dramatic if I ate an orange like at 10 a.m in the morning and went to her room like at night she would be able to tell and like not not let me into her room she's grown she's grown this behavior is not tolerated um <laughs> anyways um I don't like orange fanta but what else is new but you know who I do like I love AG I love AG and her music I love the radio show she used to host I just love her energy and I'm so excited to have her on today um for those of you who don't know AG she is um a London based DJ radio host and also producer um, she is a really familiar face at a lot of nightclubs in London, um, and then also she used to host a lot of radio shows um, and still hosts um, her show Beauty Blender. Um, and then recently she released 333, which is her, um, her most recent project um, that came out in February of this year.
1: I was particularly interested in having AD on the show because her music does some really, really interesting things. And like beyond her music, her DJ sets too, do super interesting things with um, like, I guess how we think of genre. And if you listen to one of her sets, like it's like going on a tour of like the UK, but also just like more broadly the world, the way that she mixes grime, drill, more traditionally just like dancey elements together is honestly pretty incredible and definitely check out her new ep 333 and she just had a dj set come out for mix mag which is like stellar
0: yeah and with that should we call her on right now
1: great yeah let's call her up
2: computer audio are you connected
1: Wait. Hold on. <laughs> Hello.
2: Oh shit! 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 <laughs> <coughs> Sorry.
1: No, thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: If you're comfortable, we'll just jump right into it. Um, our first question is: What has it been like with clubs closed? Are you just itching for them to like fully reopen?
2: Okay, so do you want like, like my honest answer or should I give like the answer that like <laughs> I'm meant to give as a DJ? No. No,
0: no. Personally,
2: like even though it's been like hard like having like all your income taken away from you, um, I'm actually so introverted and no one ever believes me. If you if you meet me through like music, people assume that I'm like this party animal. But this past year has been like the longest time since I was like 13 that I didn't have work. So like all the income stress aside yeah, it's been really good for me. Like it's actually been like something I would have never got before. Like I would have never got like such a long time to stay inside. And yeah, so I think that's like just been really good for me. But
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like a lot of people I feel like more people think that way than they think but they like
2: don't want to like say it you know yeah because people have died and like like I understand like it's been really trash and do you know what yeah on paper it's been like the worst year of my life like I had no money and like been struggling and all of that stuff yeah but mentally I feel like if I didn't if I didn't get this if if I didn't have to stay inside and I wasn't like forced to stay inside because of the pandemic I would have probably had like a mental breakdown soon like like around this time I would probably be going m- nuts if it was like you know normal uh time like normal procedure so yeah yeah yeah
0: Thankfully, we can have our mental breakdowns and safety.
2: <laughs> this in is our- what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> Just, <laughs> more- more- Just let me peacefully break down, you know, like I'm not trying to see it, someone after I break down.
2: <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Think about like when thing- when clubs are open, yeah. you're having your mental breakdowns in the smoking section. And then everyone knows that you had a mental breakdown. And so for the next couple of weeks, people are asking you, like, oh, you're right, yeah. I saw you, yeah, crying in the smoking section. But <laughs> with the pandemic, I've had multiple breakdowns in lockdown and nobody knows. So did it really right. happen?
0: Right. If you didn't Instagram about it, it never happens. What
2: I'm saying. If three right. falls in the wood and no one's
1: around <laughs> to hear it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say where you were?
1: <laughs> um. no. It's so funny to me that you're talking about how like you well I mean it's real clubs have been closed there hasn't been as much work but I feel like you've been so productive in terms of like putting things out to give to people and especially recently with the um well I don't know when you recorded it but with the Mix mag set that you did which was really oh, yeah,
2: that was the day before it came out.
1: What <laughs> <laughs> did <laughs> it was the day before it came out. <laughs> So then, definitely recently, but how was it preparing for that set? Because I know you normally do sets all the time, but was it weird, like knowing that this will be like one of the first times people see you do a set in a long time? That
2: was so okay. So I'm not gonna lie, I was so shook about that set. I put on like a stone and a half since lockdown. So I was like, oh my gosh! Like the last time I did a film set, I was in a gold bra. Like (laughs) I was, I was living my life. This time I had to go in a full tracksuit because I'm still not sure like what I look like. I'm not sure how it's like translating on on camera. I hadn't even this call for me. I'm probably a bit weird and a bit awkward because I have not really socialised like in so long. So I was like, oh my gosh, when I got there, like I had to tell to the I had to tell um the camera guy, listen, I'm tall, so we've got to lift the camera like. <laughs> i need the eye level i need the eye level camera angle and i don't know i over everything i was like i was just in my head for that and i only started liking the set like i don't know it was kind of like an out of body experience that set like usually i'm smiling throughout the whole set this time yeah i don't know i feel like maybe i had a point to prove because it had been so long and i because I have been, like, producing, I've not been, like, DJing, I, I kind of slacked, so I knew I was rusty, but, yeah, still a knife, but just rusty.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I totally feel that, every time I have to, like, talk to someone new, I'm, like, I'm literally gonna be such a freak, um, but also, I know that you do a lot of radio, so I guess for you, um, like, what is, The relationship you see between like doing something in a purely audio format and then like having to perform as a dj and have you lean towards one or the other like since quarantine uh
2: so i kind of like stopped so i still do beauty blender but i don't really do uh radio in the way i used to do it I, i i stopped that in like the start of 2019 so that has like that's made me even more awkward like literally like not before, for like, for, the, for like 10 years, no, for 11 years straight, I was doing radio. So every week I was on the mic and I was talking, I was interacting. And um, since 2019, I haven't actually been doing, like speaking radio and stuff like that. The only radio I do is Beauty Blender with um, Back to Back with Manara. And that is just like, you know, me and my best mate, turning on the decks and we go at it and it, it's like just the same as I don't know I think beauty blend art is like more therapeutic than any radio show I've done before because I don't have to think about anything like you don't have to like you don't have to think about telling the story you don't have to think about you know premiering new songs or anything you just have to go and play and match what the other person's bringing and then keep on throwing it back um throwing it back <laughs> i'm such a child uh, what was the question <laughs> i forgot the question you said throwing it back i said throwing it back here and I'm just <laughs> I'm
0: no just... you definitely answer the question you answer okay, all <laughs> and, and more <laughs> and more <laughs> um <laughs> So also like what I love about just your set and your music in general is just you know the mix of different influences influences and sounds like you can't ever pinpoint exactly what where one sound comes from so um I guess like what are some artists that inspired your son growing up and are those the same people that inspire you now? Uh yeah
2: which is quite uh I don't know I don't know if it's cool or I don't know if it's sad but like The people I play now, and like the songs I like, I love the most are the songs that I grew up listening to. Like the genres I love the most are like the genres I grew up listening to. Like everything is very grime centered because that I'll always be a grime kid at heart. But then there's a lot of like old school R and B, hip hop influences, like, and that's like from my family and like what I grew up listening to and then there's like just club like club energy and stuff like that and that's like I don't know that's when I became an adult so it's like it's a blend of all of that and I just I don't know I I try and only play stuff that I like I think because I did because I did radio for so long literally 11 years straight back to back and when I was doing radio I was very like focused on like promoting the grime scene like helping the grime scene get more coverage and stuff like that and like talking about my friends letting people know like what's new out and stuff like that but I think since stopping radio I've been able to be like more selfish and just literally play what I want to hear and I don't know I don't think I'm ever going to go back to I I don't think I'm ever going to put myself in a position where like I have to tailor anything for anyone. I think I'm, I'm done with that.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, and I think what drew me to your music and your style of working in general is like how quickly you can incorporate new genres and new elements into your work. And I was like wondering like how you think about genre because especially some of your newer stuff seems to really go between like grime and drill and like more traditional like house stuff like how do you think about incorporating genre within your work
2: uh you know what yeah I think because I found my sound DJing first before I ever started producing actually okay I started off as an MC yeah that was my first like music thing was like an MC so I think that's why I'm that's why I do things like very fast. Cause I have that like MC training of like, okay, cool. I want the next verse here, the next verse. I've always got a verse in my head. But um, with like genres and stuff like that, yeah. Because there's like a certain feeling that I, there's a certain feeling, yeah, that I want people to feel and that I feel when I'm mixing. And since I started producing every single track I make I focus on does it have that feeling first so even if something ends up a bit housey or like drill Julie because like these are the sounds I like to listen to like it still has like a certain it's still got that feeling first so I always say like all the genres I do like the, the only genre I make is G style like it's just the style of AG like even if it's a a a drill song it's never really a drill song and even if it's a like dance song it's never really a dance song it's still got that like that energy so yeah i don't know how i make genres i still don't know (laughs) i still don't know like every time i make a genre and i have to like tag it on bandcamp like there's always a couple genres that I, i tag because i'm i'm never particularly sure if i'm hitting one specific genre like in in the way that genre should be put out do you get what I mean so yeah (laughs) I'm glad this I'm glad it looks like I know like how to make all these genres yeah but I'm really just trancing it every single time
1: no that's like what really appealed to me it's like there's always that mix like it never seemed like you were always in that one genre but kind of following up on the drill stuff we're actually both from Chicago and we grew up in Chicago in like the kind of drill scene era and like seeing kind of where it's gone from Chicago and then seeing like how much the UK has done and how much like that is influencing so many other cultures like what where do you see drill kind of going and changing like in the most recent years?
2: I think drill as a genre is like one of the most like innovative genres uh, that there is and I think I feel like that, I I love Drill because Drill gives me like some of the same feelings that Grime gives me. And it's just like, it's a sound that really, if you talk to like classical musicians or you talk to all these nerds on Twitter, always talking like they're the producer of the year, yeah. Drill does a lot of wrong things. Like the kicks are loud, like the mix down doesn't sound like, you know, flat it doesn't sound like i don't know like the bruno mars track or something like that it doesn't sound bright and i don't know man sounds like that yeah will always get to me like i love that like i'm i'm from an estate in it like i'm from hackney like, <laughs> i love that dark sound like i love like stuff that sounds loud i love that i love stuff that sounds like it's not meant to be there and i think w- those genres will always be like a step ahead of the curve and they' will always dictate, yeah, what like the mainstream does, because when like when people are making this music, they're not thinking about, "Oh, I want this to chart, I want this to sound like you know this popular music that's like top of the charts or whatever yeah, they're just trying to make something like sick, and I think, I don't know, man, like you can never you can never plan you can never plan like the next change. You just gotta be in the moment and like innovate. And yeah, I, th- I feel like drill uh, and any underground genre that like that has a community of people making it, yeah, will always like set the tide for the mainstream. Even though like so many people pretend that it doesn't. But I've I started to hear, yeah, like I started to hear like gliding 808s and pop songs and stuff like that. And I'm like, hmm, like you've been listening to drill, you're trying to get that influence in your music, like I can hear it. But you're not admitting it, so yeah, I think uh, I think drill will drill doesn't have to innovate because it's already so innovative, like within it. So it's just like I hope like more producers start to realize that that like you can do whatever you want within the realm of the genre that you like.
0: Yeah,
2: that was really well said, and they never admit it, they never do. Never,
0: never. Like, my own brain, you're like, really, really?
2: (laughs) Yeah, because they don't want to say, like, I'm making all this money of something that I heard because a 19 year old made on their laptop. They don't want to admit, yeah, like, oh, okay, I'm inspired by this sound, I'm inspired by like this sound, yeah, that's made from people who don't even get the same opportunities and like the same pay i do so like mainstream music will never admit like where they draw their influences from
0: yeah it's so messed up um but speaking of influences um what were your influences behind 333 and also why did you choose um to release it in the ep format instead of like releasing singles
2: um because okay so three three three. when i was making three three three, um i was just moving out of like a really toxic environment uh, <laughs> to where I am now. And um, I'm back in Hackney. So this is like the first time in like four years that I've lived in like where I'm from, like the part of London that I'm actually from. Like I literally, like, I'm around the corner from my primary school, like right now, which is that like, kind of weird for me because, I don't know man, it's, 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 it's kind of weird. So free, free, free was what i was making as i was moving out and it was like i finished it when i got here and i started it when i was leaving so it was like a weird like time and everything had a feeling even like Uru feelings that's like was meant to feel more r and and more like uplifting It still got that like chaotic like like kind of like drum patterns and like the hats are like just stressed because <laughs> I was probably in a stressed place uh, and I don't know when I'm when I'm going through things I think I think whenever I'm stressed like the music that comforts me will always be like probably grime and drill and like hip hop and like just just like. I can never say this word yet, but it's my favorite. It's the it's the word that describes all my music here. Okay, melancholy. Is that he say it? Is that he say? It? Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that is my vibe in it. That's like my vibe with every with everything. Like it's love and it's love and anguish like mixed together. Like and that's what free free was. I was, and free 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 was. I was listening. Like I was trying to give like. I was trying to give like the feeling of January in an EP and uh, cause that's how I felt. I felt uh, stressed, but I also felt like optimistic cause I was moving back here. I was moving back to Hackney, but yeah, there was just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying but it makes sense to me yeah but like it's because you guys are both on mute and I'm just like oh my gosh I'm still talking <laughs> but yeah that's what so my influences uh the things I was listening to at that moment were like I don't know like Brent Fairs. uh I was listening to like old beats of mine old sets of mine I was listening to Heady One I was listening to um Janet Jackson Mm. I was listening to Janet Jackson is quite dark like Janet Jackson does like some really dark shit yeah but she makes it sound like uplifting but like it's yeah it hits me a lot Um, and yeah that's what I was listening to and that's that's kind of how Free Free came together Free 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 came together and I felt like those three songs yeah all were a different part of the mood but together like I, th- I think those three songs like really fit well together so I wanted to put them together rather than um as singles because I feel like they're all kind of like hybrids of drill in different ways like there's like mind games that's like kind of like like it's got like drill elements yeah but it's also got like like trappy, like sceptile, playboy-carty type, like energy. But then IOU is like more like, like Brent Fairs, like uh, fucking, like A2 if you're from England, you know, A2. Saint Plate's like, kind of like melod- melodic, but also like hard-hitting. And then Uru Feelings is like R&B, kind of but like also it's got like drill elements like it's got like that like hat that carries it through and like yeah
1: yeah it's really interesting to me how you talk about like how much your direct environment and like what you're listening to influences your music because I know some artists just like to tune everything out when they're creating but have you seen your music change since you moved back to Hackney?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, do you know what, yeah, I see like every single, because if it wasn't for like me being like on lockdown and stuff like that, I probably wouldn't have put things out. Before lockdown, I'd only had like two releases out and I did like, like, okay, so before lockdown, yeah, it was funny because I was known for like only putting out like one release like a year. That was like my thing, like, oh, yeah. Hey, she's not really producer she's put something out yeah like once a year and then disappears for a bit well for a bit but disappears for ages and comes back and like put something out since 2020 it's that's the first time I've actually been like actively uh pitting things out I think a lot of that was just because of Bandcamp Fridays like giving me like like it gave me some structure and it gave me some like any, like, yeah, it gave me like something to, like a deadline, something to work towards. So every release I've made, yeah, has been like where I'm at in that certain time. Like, I don't stockpile beats. I don't like have, like, if I'm, if I, as soon as I finish something, it's coming out soon. So I've, like, if you listen back to the tracks, yeah, how it's sounding is probably what I was going through at that moment. Like, Light you, actually the sun was out like the sun was out my braids were fresh like I was living the best time like I had like great food like it was sunny whenever whenever the sun's out in like in London you hear garage everywhere like it's just a it's just a garage like oh sorry a garage <laughs> um so yeah no I was just going to
0: because um Yeah, when you talked about your releases, I was looking at your bandcamp to see, like, when you were releasing. And there's this, like, constant Pokemon theme that is running through these projects. Can you talk about that?
2: So, (laughs) really and truly, I should lift up my laptop here because, like, there's Pokemon everywhere. There's Pokemon, like, coming from everywhere. There's Pokemon there. There's a, a big Eevee poster on my wall, like... My, my babe Lapras is also here.
0: Where are these coming from? I love how you position your laptop so you can't see any of it. You're just pulling them from random
2: <laughs> directions. There's a big one ever There's a big one literally everywhere in my room. wait, I'm gonna show you my favorite poster ever. My laptop is from 2012, yeah. So I just <laughs> don't really... This is my, this is my baby, like the evolution of Eevee, the most like... Yep iconic pokemon ever like smashing gender norms smashing it all like eevee is really uh eevee the activist of the pokemon (laughs) world like eevee really is it and (laughs) i don't know man pokemon pokemon is like one of the only um that's i was gonna say a sentence yeah but it sounds really like depressing it, i'm gonna say it anyway pokemon is like probably one of like the the only like Good memories I have from my childhood, and it's like <laughs> it's
0: so sad. It's <laughs> it's
2: so sad yeah. but like, like Pokemon's got me through a lot, and I don't know, man. I feel like I'm just a Pokemon trainer at heart. Like that's that's my dream job in it to be in the leap for, yeah. and to train Pokemon, and yeah. So, I think when I put out Catch 'em Anthem, Catch 'em, Catch. K- Catch 'em Anthem, I was working on Positions, like my Positions remix, and Catch um, 'em Anthem was just me being silly, like, oh, I'm not inspired, look around, there's literally Pokemon everywhere. So I was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna make something for you guys. And <laughs> yeah, so Catch K- 'em Anthem was like, one of the only like, it was like the most random track I made because it just, it was like really easy to make, like it. It all came together really fun because I just found it so hilarious. So yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon anime in general, like that's my heart. Like that's that's what that's what I'm doing most times. Like I'm inside, I'm watching anime, I'm smoking weed, I'm reading fantasy, I'm listening to music, and that's pretty. Yeah, that's me. <laughs>
0: No, I can see your introverted persona now. It's very clear. <laughs> also, I used to play Pokemon Pearl on my DS, so...
2: I had Pokemon Pearl on my DS as well. Uh-huh. Yep. DS Lite, actually. No. Oh. Not just the regular DS, oh. I had the skinny one.
0: <laughs> she had to say... Your- you could not keep that part to yourself, you had. Yep. You had to make that clear.
2: I was very proud of it. Like the (laughs)
0: DS light.
2: Like, yeah. Yeah. You were balling.
0: balling. You're probably like in the corner at school playing your DS and they're like
2: (laughs) (laughs) My um, do you know what's so weird? Yeah, my little brother's dad, um, he's actually from Chicago, which is funny. He's the one who bought me the DS light. So it was even more cool because I was like, yeah, my DS Lite has an American plug. That's right. I use an adapter to charge mine. What? UK plug? No, not for me. I've got the American one. So yeah, it was really cool. I was kids cool were like,
0: why is she telling me
2: this? <laughs> no, they were living for it. But, I, was like, what? Yeah. I was an MC from really young, yeah, so I
1: was oh, always right. like,
0: yeah,
1: you're like, yes, oh my gosh, you're super cool. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and you've been in the DJ scene for like a while now. And I feel like you're kind of like, are at the point where you're helping other people like come up in the scene. And how have you seen it change like over the past decade? And what are you excited for going on in the scene in the future?
2: So, so like, I have been in the DJ scene for quite some time, yeah. But like, um, a thing about me that people don't really realise yet is I knew nothing, like I knew nothing. I was so, for the first like maybe six years of my career, or maybe more than that, I was so like, just in my own world. To be fair, I still am. I didn't, I didn't like, like I was charging trash like my booking fee was literally so low. Um, like somebody who booked me actually was like to me, yeah, okay, you need to raise your booking fee because we just had this DJ um, come come uh, over. This was in Finland. She was the lady, she was like to me, actually shout out boo from the block here, she's sick because I was in Finland and she was like to me, um, you're helping us because like, if you charged us more we probably wouldn't be able to afford this party but I'm gonna pay you more because I think your fee should be higher and I just didn't understand like DJing as a job I wasn't thinking of it as a job so I didn't really realize how many opportunities there were for 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 DJs as a job so I think once I realized that there were like all these opportunities it kind of opened my eyes to like the DJ scene as a whole so I don't know I, I I can't say like where I think DJing is going because I feel like I'm still like things like agents and like things like realizing that agents sort out all these festivals and stuff like that I only realized that in like 2016 things like um I don't know like if you want to do a tour in an area like you can just buy your ticket and like tell people okay I'm going to be in this city in this time from promoters um contact me I only realized that like recently um so I don't know where I don't know what to say about like the future of DJing and stuff like that because I think I'm only just opening my eyes now to like how many possibilities they were there and I feel like I missed out on a lot of possibilities with like teaching other people and stuff like that I've just always been that type of person like I've just because because I didn't know all of this stuff I've always wanted to like pass on knowledge and like pass on skills especially to like women and like uh you know femme presenting and like you know I've always real like being in the grime scene and being like one of the only girls when I was like coming up I just know, like, just how trash that was. Like, could you, you don't get like, you don't get, um. you don't get advice. You don't get like pushing, you don't get like opportunities pushed forward to you. You don't get like knowledge. You don't, you don't get really anything when you're like the only one or when you're like one of the only ones. And then when there is so little of people who look like you, who are kind of like you in that scene, it doesn't foster that much community within you lot, because then people think like, oh, well, there can only be one, Like, so I'm not gonna help you. So I don't know, I think that's why I, I will always, and I have always like pushed people and like DJ and like teach and like mentor and shit like that, just because I don't know, I just think I'd be a dickhead not to
1: yeah
2: yeah
1: and do you think like any of the like struggles of booking fees that you had earlier in your career like came from that like kind of misogynistic aspect yeah
2: yeah definitely definitely like it was it was because of that it was like a bit of naivety 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 I don't know do you know what yeah this is how this is how you know yeah I'm a true introvert because I know a lot of words because I read a lot but I don't actually speak to people so some words I've never actually said like using my voice to to say it to someone because yeah I don't speak to people but um (laughs) yeah I do think I think it was a mixture of like me being naive uh me not really having anybody um who was in those positions? Who had like done things like the professional way? Who were actually like paying their rent and stuff from DJing? So and like, yeah, me being naive, me not like really knowing, and uh, maybe insecurity, like not really believing that like what I was doing was like right. Like I knew it was good, but I didn't know if it was right. Because I don't know, like I feel like music has a lot of rules, and especially when you're you like you start off in like a niche underground like scene, like the grime scene is very tiny compared to like other uh, genres. So I feel like I internalized a lot of rules, and like. Like from when I read, when I early when I started, I was like doing grime sets and with like Mariah Carey vocals and stuff like that. And a lot of people in the grime scene didn't really understand that. They was like, no, but that's not grime. Like Mariah Carey is R Like you can't do that. So I had an idea that I wasn't doing things right for a long time. So I just never, I just never knew how to like advocate for myself and like ask for like fees or what I should be asking were like yeah until 2016 then I was like oh okay maybe
0: yeah. so <laughs> um one of our questions was about on Twitter um you said that someone could just mention Mariah Carey to you and have a conversation can you just like you know talk a little bit more about that
2: <laughs> I have no boundaries when it comes to Mariah I think uh Everyone has always asked me who's my favorite MC, and my favorite MC is Mariah Carey. I think like the things this woman has done for my life, yeah. <laughs> Should we bring out Mariah? <laughs> like, the things this woman has done for my life, like the just, I think Mariah is like one of the best artists, and I'm just so happy that like I'm so grateful that I'm alive in an era with Mariah Carey, like the way she makes tracks, like this, every Mariah Carey song is a mix. And like every Mariah Carey song is like melancholy. And that's why it's my favorite, like my favorite, like feeling like when you, when you put anguish and love together, that feeling, yeah, I feel like Mariah Carey has that like in so many of her tracks. And I just think, I don't know, like, through, through watching Mariah she's done so many things yeah but she's still Mariah and I think that kind of taught me that yeah you don't have to just stick to one thing you can do so many things and you can like wear all of the hats in your career because like she's Mariah is gonna she's gonna be she's gonna direct a, her video she's gonna say no I want the video like this she's gonna produce it she's gonna write it and she's gonna sing it like and she's not gonna just let the, in- the instrumental be instrumental she's gonna like interpolate like her own vocals into the instrumental to make it a track yeah I just
1: <sighs>
2: I could never I could never I could literally never
1: yeah no I mean we both definitely feel you um I think those are all the questions we had but what should people be looking out for you next
2: Oh, gosh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I just recently remixed um, a track, uh, an Nguzi Nguzi track. And like, they're like two producers that I just, like, they were, they were, I was mixing their tracks with Grime. So it's just like crazy to like get to remix one of their tracks. And so that's coming out. Uh, I I played it at the end of uh, my Mixmag set uh, the other day so I'm really excited for that it's like half of it is like kind of my take on like like kind of bass kind of club but then also my take on like drill as well so it's like a it's a double genre track but with a switch um I don't know. I was really trying to tell a story with that one. So yeah, (laughs) I really, I really, uh, I really like that. That's coming out. Um, uh, as 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 soon as clubs are open, I hope to like, I hope to go to as many clubs and play for like, yeah, play as many as I can because I'm very awkward and I am very introverted, but when I'm on decks, I'm allowed to like connect with people in a way I'm comfortable with and it's so corny it sounds so corny yeah. but like I really like every single set I do yeah I'm really trying to like tell a story and I'm really trying to like give a feeling and like it is so corny but like it's the only time I really feel like I can connect with so many people without being awkward and like yeah this it's, it's I know it's corny yeah I can hear myself talking and I'm like oh my gosh like chill it's just DJing
1: like it's not that deep <laughs> but, course, but it is that deep short, it is that deep and thank you so much for that mix magazine. like it's actually the favorite mix I've heard in like a while and I've been just so much. thank you for coming and joining us we really appreciate it
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is like, I don't know, it's really nice when you get to like talk about, I don't know, like your artistry and like the things you're doing with people who like actually care. Because then it's just like, oh my gosh, like shit, like I'm, this is really my job. Like I'm really doing it. So um, thank you so much. i so validated. Thanks for tuning in to
0: this week's episode of Cheap hope you enjoyed getting to know ag and check out her new ep 333 you can find this episode on our website quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter the Q. see you next week